Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. What's going on, bud? Greggy, happy Monday to you, buddy. Fantasy football. It's over. The championship. Do we want a baseball? Has come and gone. We are doing a full fantasy baseball preview today. Let's go! Just kidding, Greg. What, what did we just watch? What do you mean? What did we just watch in week 16, Greg? We watched the Fantasy Football Frenzy a few moments ago. No, I, I, just, I just mean in general this week. Uh, Patrick uh, Mahomes, ugly Christmas sweater, by the way. That's a nice sweater. I saw you wear you rock you rocked that on your uh, your party on Saturday. That's night. right. Yeah, I see, I but I would, uh, you know, bring some of the cheer here as well, Greg. You know, this past weekend did not go uh, as we planned, Frank. For many people. Well, us, not just you and I. You know, for us specifically, this did not go as we planned. Someone can tell me this wire is sticking out. It would be helpful. Uh, but, your wire is sticking out, Craig. Thanks, Frank. Your epidermis is showing. Thank <laughs> you. But uh, in all honesty, right, like some of the best matchups that we saw, DeAndre Hopkins against the Bucks, bust. Yeah, Deshaun Watson against the Bucks, bust. It was a lot of that. Nick Chubb was a disaster this past weekend. Ezekiel Elliott was a disaster this past weekend. You had a lot of that, and then you had a lot of guys that have come through for you, come through. Lamar Jackson, rushed for Roger Yards, threw for three touchdowns. Mark Andrews caught two of those touchdowns with Lamar Jackson. And how about this, Frank? The number one overall pick came through when it mattered most for the best game of his career in Saquon Barkley. Yeah, he had a monster game. He uh, finally came through. If you managed to make it to the fantasy football finals with Saquon Barkley on your team, God bless you. That means you're probably celebrating a championship today. I would imagine most people who drafted Saquon Barkley first, second, third overall, whatever it might be, you probably didn't make it this far. But in case you did, congratulations to you. Greg, you hit it right on the head, man. I mean, so many players busted this week. Duds, injuries. This happens every single week, and obviously, you know, it's... It's under a microscope when it's championship week. You know, there's so many eyes, there's so much attention on just this one week alone. But just big names, man, letting us down. Players in good matchups. Players getting hurt early on in the game. Uh, DJ Moore yesterday leaving that game early. Chris Carson leaving that game. Uh, The rest of the Seahawks, what happened there? Against the Arizona Cardinals. Russell Wilson 
Jacob Hollister. Crazy, right? Tyler Lockett. We thought Let's go. DK Metcalf gave you a zero. We thought a San, zero. We thought San Francisco was this monster dud a week ago. God. Now Seattle gives you a dud, and now everything on the line is Sunday night. Seattle and San Francisco. Are we burying the lead? Yeah, I mean, real life football. Who cares about that? Are we burying the lead? Fantasy man? football. Are we burying the lead with Seattle? Well, Marshawn Lynch, baby. Beast mode is back, baby. Maybe. Maybe. Taste the rainbow. Seems like it is. I hope so. It's cool. What's more fun than Marshawn Lynch in the NFL playoffs? Back with Seattle. Let's go. He's got, he's got a couple There's no games, way he's in good shape. There's just there's no he chance. Need to be. I guess you're right. He's got to play with what? <laughs> he, he literally he has to play like a maximum of three games, four games to make the Super Bowl. They're not. Right. I can I can say that confidently. So it's a maximum of four games. This Seattle Seahawks team peaked much earlier in the season. I don't know, dude. They were like the past couple of weeks. They've just their offense hasn't been right. I never trusted their defense fully anyway. So I don't do think that think, they have a good do defense. Do you think if they go into Philly, they lose? Maybe not that far. <laughs> I don't think Philly's a good team either. Well, that's who they're going to play the first round, right? Yeah, so I mean, they might have a chance to, oh, no, to get past. But I'm talking about once they go up no, against those... Not who they, that's not who they play Once they go up against those juggernauts, Greg, yeah, like the Saints, the 49ers, I don't, I don't see the, well, they the Seattle Seahawks. They go against the 49ers this Sunday night, so we'll see. We shall see. We shall Potential see. preview. Where do we begin, Frank? Where do we begin? Uh, wherever you want, man. What a disaster of a week. How, how did your fantasy football championship go, Greg? Not great, Bob. Not great. No. <laughs> I'm still alive, technically. I have a shot. I got Anthony Millard last night. It's your guy. You, you, you don't want that. You don't want to get Anthony Millard in week 16. One catch for two yards. I am down eight points and a half PPR. I have Devontae Adams going up against my dad and Mike Boone. I'm rooting for your dad. Don't do that. Why? I like, on, I like Frank. And so do I. Yeah. I still want to beat him. I don't want you to beat him. Why? He deserves it. You should be rooting for me. Why? You don't root for me. Yes, I do. Very, All the time. You never root for me. Who are you playing this week? Uh, Jeff and Jeff? No. I would root for you against him. Would you have? Probably. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, you don't know who I was playing this week in my finals, but oh. yeah. So I need Devonta Adams to show up. I, so, like I'm sure many people do. Player, My player pool went... Okay, like, it was really interesting because I think we should start in, like, a weird spot, if you don't mind. Sure. I want to start in Miami, where the Dolphins and the Bengals play this epic overtime game. Ryan Fitzpatrick was the stream. We talked about him being a potential stream. The two potential best games of the day were with the four worst teams in the The NFL. NFL, Right. Oh, sorry, by the way. I know. The chase for Chase is no more. It's actually amazing. I didn't think it would affect me. Like, last night... After- Chase Young is probably going to end Daniel Jones' career. Greg. Right, right. So, I legitimately didn't think I would get pained by fantasy football anymore. Like, I don't care. Like, I work. It's my job. I hate how upset... supposed to be a job. Come on. I, I, I'm i so mad at myself for how upset and depressed and angry I was yesterday. No, you should be. Yeah. You should be. It was. Yeah. I mean, look... Obviously, uh, you don't feel great watching that Sunday night football game if you have any Bears involved, which... I had nobody involved, right? Yeah, and it I, was got, over. I, I got Anthony Miller there. Yeah, it's a terrible and, feeling, and, and man. Judy, you just, and, and you're you're just Judy, watching Judy, it happen. Judy keeps walking around the apartment. It's not my house, my homes. And I'm like, can you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> you got owned by Judy. Owned. Owned. She asked me about my playoff pool, which I'm starting, you know, which starts obviously next week. Yep. And I was like, do you, do you want a team? She's like, well, how much is it? I was like, it's like 100 bucks. She's no. She said, I will be a consultant on your team. I go, but does that mean you like make money if I win? She goes, uh, yeah, we're married. It's, it's half my money. You were about to say something else there. <laughs> oh, I, wasn't. I thought you were about to say, we're married. Oh. 
B. Uh, I was about to say that. <laughs> I was about to say that. Yes. Um, Gosh. But, yeah. So, you know, it's frustrating, man. Anyway, I wanted to start in Miami. Dolphins, let's go. What do you got? Miami, it's right, it's you laughed at me for Miles Gaskin. Who's laughing now? I did laugh at you for Miles <laughs> Gaskin. I also, oh man, who's your, oh, OJ Howard, he still sucks, by the way. Uh, well, a lot of tight ends suck. I tried to tell you, OJ Howard sucks. You don't believe me, again. At least he didn't give you a donut. He didn't give you a donut. But, Rivas Patrick, we talked about him as a stream. He was fantastic. Devontae Parker capped off his unbelievable season yesterday the only way he knows how. So, the reason I start with this game is because of what happened last minute, right? You get word an hour before game time, Joe Mixon is hungover from going to live. Joe or, or Levin, wherever he was the night before. He's got a stomach flu. A.K.A. he's been picking his guts out because he drank too much. So what do you do with Joe Mixon? I had this decision in the player pool. Hopefully you didn't listen to me. I'm going to let you know what I did. Frank will tell you what he told people. We'll give you Joe Mixon's stat line. We'll talk about Derrick Henry letting everybody down yesterday. And a whole lot more. Stick around. Your fantasy football recap is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the Deflategate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. 
I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. So the news breaks. The Joe Mixon's hungover. Greg, he had a flu. Sure he did. 11. He didn't sleep. Yeah. Right. In Miami. Yeah. Okay. He, had, he had a flu in the warm weather of uh, uh-huh. of Miami. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, he was at the club late. That's fine. Probably walked out of there at 6 a.m. and was like, oh, F. So the news breaks from every, all these beat reporters saying Joe Mixon is not himself. So fantasy owners, 90 minutes before game time, including myself, what do you do? What did you recommend people do, Frank? Yeah, I still wanted to use Joe Mixon because of the matchup. Obviously, going up against the Miami Dolphins, right? We all saw the report. Uh, you know, personally, if I would have had Joe Mixon, I would have left him in there because I would imagine that even a 75% Joe Mixon should be able to do well against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, this is a team that has given up fantasy points to every position all, all season long. Running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, it doesn't matter. So I didn't want to shy away from it, but obviously in hindsight, I guess you have to take one of these reports uh, more seriously, especially when it comes down to uh, being in Miami. Like, we should have been able to put this all together, Greg. So I did put it together, and yet I still left Joe Mixon in my lineup. So I'm not the only one. And I I know I hate when you do this, so I'll call myself out for it. We were right. We got it right. Because Joe Mixon carried the ball 21 times yesterday. Oh, process. He caught two passes yesterday. So our process was right. He got stuff at the goal line multiple times. If he falls into the end zone and he doesn't get stuff, we're feeling great. Right? 73 yards and touchdown? That's fine. But he didn't. He had stuff at the goal line. Mixon still touched the ball 23 times yesterday. If I never told you before the game time that he would touch the ball 23 times, you would love to Yeah, you would no still question. have him ranked as a top 10 running back, no for question. sure. So, yeah. that's why we did the right thing. We did. All right. I, I, I will believe you, although... Uh, oh, this is cool. This is cool, yeah. This, this is, is cool. uh, a little something different. It's not, not what we different. normally do. It's not normally do. It's not bad, though. But it's something different. Something different there. Kind of works. For the holidays. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Right. Tyler Boyd was very good, though. Tyler Boyd was fantastic. Tyler Boyd. Nine for 128. I hope Joe Burrow likes throwing to the slot next year. 15 targets yesterday for Tyler Boyd. 13 targets for Johnny Ross. Johnny Ross, yeah, 6 for 84. The ghost of John Ross was back in Week 16 against the Miami Dolphins. Solid game for him. Just tons of volume on both sides. 52 passing attempts for Fitzpatrick. Andy Dalton, 50 
Six passing attempts, so just crazy volume here. You mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick finishing as the QB3. Uh, he's been great the past couple of weeks helping uh, Devontae Parker get paid. You mentioned Devontae Parker before we hit the break, Greg. Uh, five for 111 and one was not efficient. Only caught five of 15 targets, but that kind of volume uh, has made Devontae Parker a legitimate wide receiver too this year. And our boy, Magic Mike, like I told you last week, Greg, six for 82 and two. This guy is going to be one of the hype sleepers heading into the 2020 season. There's not no a, doubt. Dude, he's not a sleeper. It's He is going to be projected to be a... Top 12 tight end? Top 12 tight end. That's frustrating. It's not a sleeper. Yeah. I'm sorry. Stop performing, Mike Gusecki. Who would you rather have next year, Frank? Devontae Parker or Tyler Boyd? Well, obviously, it's going to come down to quarterback play, Greg. Who is the quarterback fair, for fair each answer. team? I don't know. But yeah, Joe Burrow is going to be the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know who the quarterback of Miami is going to be. I think that they're probably still going to draft Tua. I don't know that Tua is going to be healthy enough or so, good, or, or they want to throw him in there right away. I think it's possible they draft Tua and just bring Fitzpatrick back. Yeah, so if Fitzpatrick is the quarterback, Give me all the Devontae I probably Parker. would yeah. lean with Devontae Parker over a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow. Although I do think Joe Burrow is going to be very good. He's still going to be a rookie quarterback. Uh, I, I like both of these players heading into next year, but if it's... Fits back with the Dolphins. Give me Devontae Parker. I agree. So the other game that really spun out of control before game t- before lineups lock at one was the t- Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry not playing. So everybody rushed. Everybody to- woke up to this. There was like a seven a.m. report from Schefter, like, "Yeah, Derrick Henry's not going to play." Today. So I was really nervous because I was in my finals, and I usually here on Sunday mornings. I wasn't. I was in Philly for Hanukkah, and I wound up at nine a.m. picking up Deion Lewis. I was like, "Oh crap!" I got him. I would have used him over Emmanuel Sanders, but. Nevertheless. <laughs> so, anyway. So, Deion Lewis starts the Titans. And we are a... I guess this whole show is me talking process over results. Because two games in a row, my two favorite bets, Frankie, of this weekend was the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. I loved both of them. I thought that both spots were right. The odds for the Bills, six and a half. I lost by seven. <laughs> this game, I believe, was... Three and a half. Three and a half. I saw it at four. Three, three and a half, yeah. Okay, so it was at three and a half. This game was a field goal game until Michael Thomas scores at the very end of the game. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. I am so annoyed. But it's true. This is how it always works. The Saints went into Tennessee, put up 38 points away from the dome. Michael Thomas breaks the all-time receiving record with a week to go. Ridiculous. The Titans still put up 28 points. And, you know, got the job done. In fact, A.J. Brown sucked as a receiver, but he came through as a running back. 34 yards rushing a touchdown. Just like we all drew it up, Greg. There you go. Yeah, I know, I know you love that one. John, uh, A.J. Brown, look, this is he's just... He's this talented, right? I mean, just try and manufacture ways to get the ball in his hands. We knew it would be a, a tougher situation here for A.J. Brown going up against Marshawn Lattimore. Um... But still, I, I would have liked to see more than two targets for A.J. Brown in this game. Still got in the end zone. He helped you out. Deion Lewis had 16 touches in this game. He was fine as a flex. That's why I ranked him yesterday. And I think if you started him as your flex, like you don't love the performance that you got, but he didn't bust by any means either. Ryan Tannehill just continues to get it done. 272 and three touchdowns. We mentioned last week, Greg, on the FanDuel hurry up that we like Jonu Smith as a tight end stream. He comes through as well. I think he will be a sleeper tight end heading into the 2020 season. I think Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans 
next year as well. The Adam Gase Revenge Tour continues. Uh, Tannehill performs yesterday. Kenyon Drake, who we'll get to, performs yesterday. Devontae Parker, we talked about, performed yesterday. Everybody who Adam Gase has coached turns to gold once Adam Gase is gone. That's correct. Hmm. Not a surprise there. Alvin Kamara, Greg, on the other side. Took you long enough. Week three was the last time that Alvin Kamara scored a touchdown. That's correct. It is now week 16. Yes. But he does come through. Again, similar to Saquon Barkley, if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, so I don't know that you made it to the finals, but if you somehow lucked out and got Lamar Jackson later on in your drafts and you picked up some of these players like A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Parker, maybe you did make it to the finals. And if you did, you should have continued to trust Alvin Kamara because we knew coming into this game the Titans allowed a ton of receptions to running backs. He caught the ball. He scored two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara is going to be a first-round pick next year. Don't worry about the fact that uh, touchdown regression hit him really hard this season. Hopefully it comes back the other way next season. You named all these players that really uh, came through. Let me ask this. Jared Cook, man. Gosh, what a season. Like, no one's talking about it. Three for 84 and two? Sure. He's been great. Sure. He got off to a slow start. Like, the first month of the season, he wasn't great. But, dude, from the middle of the season on, week five, six, seven... Jared Cook has been great at the tight end position. Absolutely. He's been fantastic at the tight end position this year. A tough spot. Obviously, Michael Thomas was r- ridiculous this year. Uh, that whole, like, oh, Drew doesn't throw the ball enough for Michael Thomas to be good. That didn't age well. Yeah. And I didn't draft Michael Thomas <laughs> anywhere anyway. either. But, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I, look, we hold ourselves accountable here on the show. We didn't draft him anywhere. We, uh, we did not draft Michael Thomas anywhere. And I legitimately said I, I didn't want him because I didn't think that he had upside. You were wrong. I was wrong. I was very wrong. I said, look, all right, he's finished wide receiver six, wide receiver seven, wide receiver eight each of the past three years. Yep. That's who he is. Sure. You know, he's just not going to be better than that. And You're that's wrong. fine. I was wrong. <laughs> he's the wide receiver one. Yes, he is. He just broke the record yes, for most receptions in a single season. In NFL history, Gosh. that's what he did. You can't guard him. Um, of the Tyler Boyd, Devontae Parker question, where does A.J. Brown fall in that? But added him to the mix. Um, I, let's, all right, so... Assuming Joe Burrow is a quarterback, I probably would have A.J. Brown between them. I think if Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback, I would take Devontae Parker first. I would take Parker first. And then I would take A.J. Brown. The upside's just higher with Brown? And then I would take... Can you not do that while the split screen's going on, please? <laughs> Thank you. And, and then I would take um, whoever we're talking about last. You're still updating it. <laughs> Everyone can see you moving the camera. AJ Brown is second, um, and then Tyler Boyd would be last for me. Okay, with a rookie quarterback. But I think all three are going to be like solid to low end wide receiver twos. Yeah. Like I think that's fair. I think they're going to be all mid round wide receivers. Fair enough. All right. Uh, I think they're all mid round receiver wide receivers. They're all guys that I want. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's chat about Houston and Tampa Bay from Saturday, a game that I predicted right on one end. Not so much on the other end. We'll describe that on the other side of this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed. 
and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big copy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All righty then, back here on the VFFs, Frank Stample, it's Greg Sussman. Howdy, Frank. Hello, Greg. Shall we uh, pay some bills? Yeah, let's do it. Get in the game with the DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it with a 50% deposit bonus of up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users. Plus, new users will get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. So, you heard the promo a second ago. And the promo was saying that Jameis Winston was a must-start this week. I don't care who you had, said Dr. Roto, but you gotta play Jameis Winston. If you did, he threw for 335 yards and a touchdown. But not one, not two, not three. Four interceptions! 
including a interception run back for a touchdown. That was one of the only things they got right this this week, was play whatever defense plays Jameis, and that was the Houston Texans. Four-time, 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 four-time interception champion, Jameis Winston. Woo! Throws for a ton of yards, only threw for one touchdown. Ronald Jones, man, this was the Rojo game. It's going to be interesting to see what the Bucs do in the offseason, whether they trade for a David Johnson or bring someone else in at running back or finally hand the keys over to Ronald Jones. He's clearly good enough. 5.5 yards per carry, had a 49-yard run. He looked really impressive on that play. Caught the ball three times. He had three receptions, four targets. Perryman came through too, Greg. Seven receptions for 102 yards. If you're playing a PPR league, he finishes the top 15 wide receiver this week. Perryman came through. Ronald Jones was good. I don't know how many people actually used him. Winston was a dud. Uh, OJ Howard, not great. But Justin Watson scored a touchdown. Look, there's a tons of volume in this offense. But as long as Winston's there, you pretty much know what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of passing attempts. You're going to get a lot of yards. But you're also going to get a lot of interceptions and a lot of inconsistencies. A lot of question marks in Tampa Bay, not just at the running back position with Jameis as well. You have no idea if he'll be back uh, next year. You know, the rumor was that they'll franchise him or, or transition tag him or something. A lot of questions to be answered still when it comes to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brashad Perriman, if you started him, 7 for 102. You're very, very satisfied with that. Yeah, definitely. I mentioned before, Greg, that he was a top 15 wide receiver in PPR leagues, and I had him ranked top 20. A lot of people were worried about Perriman. What was he going to do this week? Uh, obviously, it was a popular pickup, but the 12 targets was amazing. Uh, so, yeah, he actually came through. If you use Perryman, he was uh, one of the better calls this week for everybody. On the other side with Houston, the biggest duds this week, arguably. Everybody. Outside of Carlos Hyde, and even he. I mean, 17 carries for 27 yards. As he, as he found the end zone. 1.5 yards per carry. Yeah, look, it's a tough matchup against Tampa Bay. He got in the end zone. Deshaun Watson. Why did this team trade for Duke Johnson, Greg? DeAndre why? Hopkins. Why did this team trade for Duke why Johnson? Why do anything that they do? It's just, dude, Bill they don't have a GM. Bill O'Brien is a joke, joke. of a head coach. Uh-huh. They're not going to win the way that this team is currently set up. Uh-uh. They're just not. Right. They need more structure. They need a legitimate general manager. They need a head coach that doesn't choke in big spots. They have a franchise quarterback. At times, they have pieces on defense. When J.J. Watkins stay healthy, you know they have a few other players that can rush the quarterback. Secondary is older now, but... I mean, you have pieces here. You have one of the three best wide receivers in the NFL. You traded a third-round pick for Duke Johnson, and you don't even use him. Sure. So it's just frustrating all around. I think it's been a frustrating season for the Texans. Watson has been great for fantasy. Hopkins has been great. Not this week. They were two of the bigger losers, two of the bigger duds uh, that let you down in Week 16. But that was basically the theme of this week, Greg. We kicked off the show talking about it. I mean... These were the these were the guys that basically led the charge DeAndre of buses. DeAndre Hopkins, man, just felt so crappy. So five so for twenty three. Will Fuller gets hurt. The guy can't stay healthy. No, never. It's not gonna happen. Never. And it was a brutal, brutal outing uh, for everybody with Houston, New England, and Buffalo. You told everybody uh, to bench Julian Edelman. Five for seventy two and a two point conversion later. How did you feel about your call? I think he was. He was all right. He was probably better than expected. You know, I saw him get out there, and, you know, a few times he's getting up slowly. He's wincing in pain. But ultimately, you know, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't a complete dud like uh, like everyone thought he was going to be. I uh, finished his wide receiver 27, so I had him ranked a little bit lower than that. He still wasn't great, but uh, I, I think considering the situation, I, th- I think you should be happy with what you ended up getting out of Julian Edelman this week. Uh, Greg, the Bellatrix are back. Rex Burkhead, baby. How about that? What a game. 
What a game for Rex Burkhead. And actually, I think I asked Tony Michelle, 21 carries for 96 yards. I mean, he wasn't I, bad. He was fine. It's weird. We, I'm trying to figure out what the Patriots are going to be like in the playoffs. And I, I have no idea. Nobody ever knows. Yeah, it's weird. And then they get into the playoffs and they run all over you with Tony Michelle and James White's going to have 15 catches. That was a bad call this week. I, honestly, I thought that this set up for a James White game. But I totally got ultimately, it. you know, they, uh, they, they figured it was the Rex Burkhead game, Greg. Weird, man. Gets man. in the ground, uh, gets in the end zone on the ground. Also adds five catches, uh, four catches for 77 yards. It was a uh, big Rex Burkhead game. Patriots, tough one to figure out. Um, on the other side for Buffalo, Cole Beasley. Excellent end of the season, 7 for 108. John Brown catches the long touchdown, uh, which is good. Uh, Dawson Knox will be somebody you probably talk up next year and I laugh at you about. Yeah, come on. You can't do that, Greg. Just let you know. The athletic profile is there. He just oh, needs, there it is. The he, athletic profile is The pedigree there. is there. Oh, yeah. But I do think that the opportunity should grow for Dawson Knox going into his second season. Josh Allen was solid. 208 yards, two touchdowns, eight yards per attempt against the best pass defense in the NFL. Uh, he actually got it done from a fantasy perspective. I know that a lot of people were worried about him, uh, but he was better than I thought as well. Devin Singletary, can't say the same for him. He still saw the big workload. He played a lot of snaps, but just 15 carries for 46 yards. The Patriots' run defense turned it around in this game, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Josh Allen finishes his season 13 completed passes against the Patriots, 208 yards, two touchdowns. For whatever reason, you started him. You feel okay about it, how it turned out, probably. Greg, on the season, Josh Allen is QB6. This is a QB7, yeah. Great. Great year for him. Really great year. Whatever he goes next year. He will be... Borderline probably top 10? go around this range. Borderline I think top like a 10? top six, top eight quarterback yeah. drafted. Yeah. I mean, look, people are always going to be tantalized by the rushing upside. They see what Lamar Jackson does. Obviously, Josh Allen's not going to do that, but... He adds a lot with his legs. Sure. He has, like, what, nine rushing touchdowns? He's been great. Saturday night, you saw the Rams and the Niners go at it. George Kittle did his thing. That was about it for San Francisco, besides a miraculous catch by Manny Sanders. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough? No. It was enough for the 49ers. Not for me. Oh, it wasn't enough for you. Sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah, three for 61 for Emmanuel Sanders. Kittle just continues to get it done. Uh, it's going to be... Interesting to see how many people are on the draft tight end early strategy next year, Greg. I think it's going to be a lot of people who were just left streaming tight end all year this year, like they are every single year, and they're like, no, this is the year I'm finally going in. I'm using a late first, early second yep. round pick yep. on a tight end. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I don't think that I'm going to be one of those owners next year. I'm sure I won't be, but like, but we shall I see. will admit. It's worth it. Like It's warranted. I will admit yesterday, after watching the Eagles game, and I know that... Um, We'll get to that in a second. I know Zach Ertz like broke a rib, but thinking, man, it would be really nice to just have Zach Ertz. Really nice to have George Kittle. Really nice to have Travis Kelsey and not worry about this crap week to week. You always find play. I'm like, you always find someone whether it's Will Disley, whether it's um, Tyler Higby. We'll get to in just one second, right? Like, it's you know, it takes some luck, right? But that's fantasy football. You, you get lucky. Find somebody. You pick up one of these tight end guys. You're right. I mean, there have been guys that have emerged sure. throughout the course of the season as well. I mean, even we spoke about this last week when we were kind of talking about the tight end preview for 2020. There were a lot of late tight ends this year that people knew had upside, and they came through. Mark Andrews, top five tight end, seemingly all year long. Darren Waller it hasn't really gotten the end zone as much as we'd hoped, but the targets, the receptions have been there for him. Austin Hooper. Had a great season as well, you know, kind of derailed by injury a little bit there in the middle part of the season. But there are, there's going to be late tight ends that we're going to be able to identify next year coming into the season that are going to be able to 
provide some serious value. And as of right now, it seems like a few of those names will be Gasecki, Johnu Smith, uh, Dawson Knox is one of them as well. Yeah. Uh, just to name a few. Yeah. I'm Dawson Knox. Sorry, bud. It's all right, buddy. Uh, Tyler Higby, uh, I'm really interested to see what he becomes if they continue to use him like this. Uh, because Cooper, it's very clear, right? the offense has changed. With Tyler Higby being the main tight end and being very involved, 9 for 104, he's basically become Cooper Cup. He's the better all-around tight, tight end. end. So I think Gerald Everett's a good pass catcher, but Tyler Higby is the better blocker. So he gives them a different element where when he's on the field, it's almost like the Patriots running backs, right? Like They like these versatile running backs who can catch the ball and they can run the ball. When Tyler Higby's on the field, you don't know whether or not he's going to be in there blocking to help Todd Gurley. I mean, that's why we've seen Todd Gurley uh, play better recently over the past month, scoring more touchdowns at least. Uh, but he's a great pass catcher as well. So four straight games for Tyler Higby over 100 yards. He's going to be another one. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they talk him up in the offseason, you know, what they do with uh, what they do with both of these guys, Higby and Everett. I believe Higby got the contract extension before the season, right, Greg? They paid Higby. They, play, they paid both of them or just Higby? I, I, I believe that they paid Higby. They might have paid both of them, but they definitely paid Higby. Okay, I believe you. So, they clearly want to get him involved, and they should. The where, offense has been better recently. Where does Tyler, Tyler where does Todd Gurley get drafted next year? I know not by you, but like where does Todd Gurley get drafted? I think he'll be a late second, early third round pick. Like a low end RB one, high end RB two, similar range is like an Aaron Jones. But does that make sense? It does. Yeah, and, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there are two guys that are just so dependent on touchdowns. So dependent. Because the yardage on a weekly basis, you don't know what it's going to be. Uh, the difference between the Packers and the Rams is you know Todd Gurley's going to get the ball. Correct. With the Packers, like Correct. Jamal Williams has just been annoying. He's been there. But, yeah, I mean, they're both touchdown-dependent running backs heading into next year. Um, so we'll see. I think that they're lower-end RB1s, probably on in that you know late second round, early third round range for Gurley and Aaron Jones. Let's move on to the player that won you a league. And we always look for who that player is going to be. Tyler Higby is certainly one of them. But just like it was two years ago, the answer? The answer is Kenyon Drake. If you grabbed Kenyon Drake when he was traded to the Cardinals, you won. You remember everyone at that time was like, sell Kenyon Drake. He's got two matchups with the 49ers coming up. How did that work out? How do you feel now? Take a break. When we come back, we'll dive into Kenyon Drake and the Cardinals' upset of the Seahawks. We're going to get into the Eagles and Cowboys as well. A lot more to come. BFFs. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? 
Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflategate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call him Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big copy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. And you're back. BFFs going right up to the top of the hour wager talk. But up next with Ralph Michaels and Teddy Covers. As I said, Frankie, to you, Teddy and Drake won many, many, many people leagues this year. And he was, once again, spectacular yesterday in the Cardinals' victory uh, over the Seattle Seahawks. 24 carries, 166 yards, two touchdowns. Of course, he had that 80-yard scamper, which was fantastic. David Johnson was the backup. He had two carries, uh, four, three yards. Chris, uh, Chase Edmonds did nothing. Free agent to V. Kenyon Drake. What the hell do they do? I don't know. This is going to be part of the running back carousel here in the offseason. Really? Good one. I, I can't remember in recent years this many running backs being yeah. available via free agency or via trade, whether it's Kareem Hunt, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Kenyon Drake. I feel like I'm probably missing somebody else as well. Uh, but there's a lot of running backs out there, so it's going to be very interesting to see. And there's other players that are going to be involved, obviously, right? So... You know, if someone goes to Tampa, then Ronald Jones gets buried there. Uh, if Le'Veon Bell leaves the Jets, what do they do? Do they do they sign somebody else or do they, you know, draft someone? So this is going to be a crazy offseason in terms of running backs. But 
You're right, Greg. Look, Kenyon Drake finishes as the RB3 this week. Put up a 40-burger last week, four touchdowns. And Week 16 comes back here with 166 rushing yards, two touchdowns. He just looks the part. I don't understand. Like, it's not rocket science, man. Like, how many years have we been saying this about Kenyon Drake? Three years in a row now? Totally. Like, the guy passes the eye test. Every time. And then, like, we're left trying to figure out, well, there's got to be something going on behind the scenes in sure. Miami. He doesn't know the playbook or doesn't get along with the coaches or something. But the guy could play. That's all that matters. Like, we say this every single week about different players, and it's very obvious to us. I don't know why it takes teams and, and coaches and front offices so long to figure this out. It's not hard. Play the best players. Put your, give yourself a chance to win games. And that's exactly what Kenyon Drake does for the Cardinals. That's exactly what he does for fantasy owners as well. Greg, if he ends up in a backfield where he's projected to get, let's say, 60 to 70% of the snaps every single week, over 250 touches for the season, I mean, this guy should be going in the same range as Todd Gurley and Aaron Jones like we're talking about. 100%. A second, third round pick. That's, that's what he should be, realistically. I'd like to see if he'd be able to stay healthy. He got banged up like twice yesterday. He's a frail guy, right? So can he have that work? He's still at 27 touches. Dude, I get it. Yeah. Can he survive all season long? Well, that's the thing, right? Like, he's never been given a full workload over an entire season. We've seen it in three, four-week spurts. He's done it now with with the Cardinals for, you know, since he's joined the team. He's been consistently playing over 60% of the snaps with the team since he's joined them, so... We'll see if he can hold up throughout the course of uh, of the entire season. On the other side, Larry Fitzgerald scored in one of his potential last games of his career, 448 and a touchdown. You want to talk about players that let you down, Frank? Uh, Christian Kirk, I'm, I'm looking at the box score. Uh, what does it say there, Greg? There's a lot of zeros. Frank. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know what's crazy? What, Frank? Um, there, There's a name on the other side of this game, too. Right. Uh, DK Tyler. Metcalf. Oh, sure, yeah. Oh, what is what is that? A lot of zeros there. Oh, as well. zeros, zeros. Oh, Tyler Lockett. Has Donuts. Lot of, Tyler Lockett has a lot of ones. Oh well, that that counts for something. Sure. I guess it's better than a zero, right? Not much. He had eight targets. Do you play in a a point per target league? I've been trying to tell you that we don't. Oh yeah. Well, OJ Howard's great in those too. <laughs> he's great. He's awesome in those, <laughs> dude. Uh, DK Metcalf, Christian Kirk. I mean, what and is Tyler going Lockett. on? You have to include Lockett and Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson. What is going on, man? Like the, this Cardinals defense is not a good one. No. They let go of Terrell Suggs and somehow become better? It's, it's very bad. I, look, every team has had success throwing the ball against the Cardinals. You know, the past two weeks, Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield have not been able to. So maybe they figured something out. They are playing better, obviously. But just terrible letdown spot for Russell Wilson. Completes under uh, just around 50% of his passes. And yeah, look, I like Tyler Lockett, admittedly. I know a lot of people did. I really like DK Metcalf as well. Just one target. I mean, give the guy an opportunity. We're throwing the ball to, to Malik Turner. We're throwing the ball to Travis Homer. Come on, this is like fifth-string running back. Travis Homer, literally the fifth-string running back. And just throw it up to TK Metcalf. He won't get an opportunity to be the first-string running back because his team has lost Chris Carson. They've lost Rashad Penny. They have lost CJ Proceis. So now they were going to turn to Travis Homer. Or were they? Because they bring in Bob Turbin, old friend. We're waiting for them to... Oh, the Seahawk. We're waiting for them to check out Alex Collins and Kristen Michael. Instead, they went farther back. Father. Farther back. Father time, Greg. Farther back. They went deep into the well. Is it official? I mean, it, in, for our purposes, it is. But the time people are listening to this, will they? <laughs> Beast mode! Taste the rainbow. Let's go. Marshawn Lynch is going to be back. If you play in a Week 17 league, you're, 
you're picking up Marshawn Lynch right now. Are you? Is he active for that? <laughs> they probably want to get him a few touches, right, in this game? Get him up to game speed? I don't know. You got to get him a few. He might be like 400 pounds. <laughs> yeah, but when I said that, you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. He's Marshawn Lynch. I agree, but I don't think they need him for this week. It's the week after they're concerned about. Yeah, it's uh, true. You, were concerned. You, you did say, Frank, going into this game that somebody was going to let you down on the Seahawks. <laughs> was, and you thought there was a good chance it was Jacob Hollister. Was the, fa- the, question, the fact was, it was uh, everybody... Outside of Jacob Hollister. Outside Hollister of Jacob right. Hollister. Even Chris Carson let you down because of injury. Everybody. Not like he was performing badly, but, uh, man, it's it's a rough way for the season to end for Chris Carson. He will be placed on IR season-ending. I believe he fractured his hip. He did. Yeah, so that sounds like it hurts. Yeah, that's that's a major injury here. Bad one. Uh, but a great fantasy season for Chris Carson nonetheless. And while we're talking about running backs going in early rounds, I think that he will be right there in that mix as well. I'd rather have Chris Carson than the other guys. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, well, you know, if, well, Rashad Penny's not going to be back to start the season either, probably. He'll be close. He'll be close. But they have proven, like, Chris Carson's their guy. Chris Carson is their guy. I think Carson, to me, is my guy in that scenario, although he's had his own hip injury, and, you know, I don't know if it seems like... He has been injury prone, too. Yeah, he has been, and fumble prone. But assuming everything, I think, you know, Carson, Aaron Jones, Gurley, uh, and if Kenyon Drake lands a starting job somewhere, they're, they're all going in those... First three rounds of fantasy. A lot of drafts. running backs. A lot yeah. of running backs to talk to. Another one of the running backs that may be in that range, Frank, is Miles Sanders. 20 carries yesterday, 79 yards, and a touchdown. He also led this team, or didn't let this team receiving because Dallas Goddard came on late, but 5 for 77 through the air. Uh, Miles Sanders was just a monster, monster fantasy championship performance. Once Jordan Howard went down, they really did turn the offense over to Miles Sanders, and he's performed. Greg, it was a monster game yesterday for Miles Sanders. Is there a butt coming? But it could have been better. You saw the play. I didn't see the play. You didn't see it. It was on a train. So, I don't this has happened coming. a million times in fantasy. It's going. It's going to happen a million more. Miles Sanders, yeah. wasting the clock out, right. breaks off a huge run. Yeah. He's running for like a would-be 60-yard touchdown. No one's even close to it. He went down. He just slides down. Yeah. At like the 20-yard line. You know what's really interesting? So painful for fantasy. Because look, even if he scores a touchdown there, the Cowboys are not coming back. At that point, they're down 14 you kick the extra point, you're up 15. You know, it's actually crazy. So I didn't I didn't see that. Miles really, Sanders, yeah. Could so have had another we, like 60-yard touchdown. So we run. watched the whole game on my phone on the train ah. in the tunnel. And I looked at my team that I had Miles Sanders on. And he had a good day, over, you know, over 100 total yards at the time. But he'd only rushed for like 40 yards or so. And then I look at the box score. My, my points went up. Like, this is weird. He had like a 38-yard rush. I'm like, what the hell did this come from? And now I know yeah. what really happened. That's exactly what it was. And it could have been even better, Greg. It could have been Damn, even better. I did not know that. Greg, Miles Sanders is one of these players. And, and look, everyone predicted this. Everyone and their mother said, this is someone you draft for the second half of the 100%. season. He's going to come alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to help you win fantasy football championships. He did. This was one that across the industry, a lot of people got, got it right. right. Got it right. Uh, maybe not earlier on in the season. There was a, a large majority of people who thought he would help the uh, fantasy owners and the Eagles early in the season. That did not happen. Okay. Based on what he's doing now, Miles Sanders is going to go higher than all the players we just spoke about. I'm telling you, you that he right was- now. Jordan well, Howard will not be back with this team. Agree. If Miles Sanders is projected to be the starting running back, and it's like him and Boston Scott right. and like Jay whoever Ajayi, else, Jay yeah, yeah. is like the third string running yeah. back. They bring back Josh Adams. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Miles Sanders is gonna be like a borderline first round pick. I'm telling you that right yeah, now. Yeah, yes, yes. He's gonna be a first second round pick. It's hard to argue against it. I mean, his like, combination of so, but how much of this usage of him? Yeah, is because everybody's hurt on this team. 
Well, regardless of what it is, it's not, it's not he's performing when given the opportunity. Certainly, but next year they'll no, have... But they have Boston Scott, and they like him. I don't care about Boston Scott. It, no, but they've talked him up. I don't they, care about Boston Scott. Boston Scott's useless to me. No <laughs> he's Alshon not Jeff- going to be when he's a handcuff for Miles Sanders next year. No Alshon... Fine, that's what he is, a handcuff. Yeah. But no Alshon Jeffrey, no Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz banged up. Um, obviously, Jordan Howard's gone too. Like... But they're still, so still going to run the football You're going though, with next year. six weapons. They're still, still going to run the football, gone. though, next I'm year. I'm sure they yeah. will. I agree with they you. They have a good offensive line? I agree with all of this. But this two-dimensional player of being a pass catcher and a running, and a, uh, a running back getting 20 carries a game, I don't think we see that next year. Well, that would certainly go against everything that Doug Peterson has done, Correct. In, car- done in his career. Exactly. But he's also doing that right now, though, Greg. Like over the past month, but like everything's they changed. They don't give, have any players. They can give Boston Scott more work if they want to. I don't care about Boston Scott. I care they, about they don't have other players on the team that are healthy. But Boston Scott is. That's what I'm telling you. He's a backup running back. How many of those other running backs did he use in recent years were backup running backs? Josh Fine. Adams, he would randomly mix in. I, but the point Kage is, I, he would randomly I think they're mix using in. Miles Sanders more. So he's the most talented have... running back that they've had, Greg. That's what it comes sure, down to. Sure, but they, because they don't have all these wide receivers is why they're using him more, and they're running the football more. Yeah, but there's other players that are getting targets. Like, Carson Wentz still threw the ball 40 times in this game, Greg. I'm not saying that Miles Sanders is going to you know, catch... 80 balls next year, like, that's what he would right. be on this pace. Right. He's still going to be very good, though, because he's the most talented running back that they've had no doubt. in Doug Peterson's era. era. And Ryan he's proving close. that he can... No, not even close. <laughs> he's proven that he can handle a full workload. 25 touches in this game, over 150 total yards. Awesome game. He's proving that he can handle a full workload. They used That was the highest they drafted a running back since they drafted LaShawn McCoy. That was the highest they drafted a running back in Doug Peterson's yep. era. He is going to be a borderline first-round pick next year. I'm telling you. Even if they draft a wide receiver, which they should, even if they sign a wide receiver, Carson Wentz still threw the ball 40 times in this game, which might just mean less of the tight ends next year. Like, Dallas Goddard is not going to get 12 targets on a weekly basis next year. Like, you know, oh, You're, you're going to love Dallas Goddard next year. I, I do, I do I like Dallas Goddard. I can't wait for but, you know, maybe we see a few less targets for the running backs, and maybe, you know, we shouldn't expect, like, 25 touches a game for Miles Sanders. But he will be someone heading into next year that we will expect to get 18 to 20 touches a game in this Philadelphia Eagles offense. And because of that, I'm telling you, he will be a borderline first-round pick. Late first, early second-round pick, Miles Sanders. Okay. The hype is going to be out of control, I'm telling you. On the other side, Ezekiel Elliott was bad, 13 for 47. Uh, he catch seven passes for 37 yards, which obviously helps you in the PPR. I, forget the cow- the Cowboys, man. They stink. Okay, I, I'm like I'm done with the Cowboys. Sure, man. they put up nine points in this game. Dak Prescott, you know, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in this game. And you know, like I know he's got the whole shoulder thing going on, but Amari Cooper not being on the field when they need him most. Nor Randall Cobb. Like Dak Prescott missing throws that he normally makes. Ezekiel Elliott not running efficiently. Like behind this offensive line, there's there's no excuses. There's no excuses for Jason Garrett, for this coaching staff, for this offense based on the personnel that they have, the offensive line that they have. Like If you put every other NFL offense behind this offensive line, Greg, I mean, we're talking about like pretty much every team in the NFL would have an opportunity to be a legitimate top five offense behind this offensive line. Everything starts and ends with in the trenches, and the Cowboys have that, right? and they still can't win games. Coaching, right? It's... Come on, man. No, I think it is coaching. It is coaching. A lot of it is coaching. But at some point, like players have to make plays too, man. Like 
it seems like whenever you need Dak Prescott to come through most, whether you're a Cowboys fan, whether you're a fantasy owner of Dak Prescott, he's put up a, a, a ton of garbage time fantasy production this year, which is great. We've seen Blake Bortles do that in the past. It's fine. But when you need Dak most, he hasn't come through, Greg. So, I don't know. The Cowboys got to figure out their coach, how much they're paying Dak Prescott. They're bringing back Amari Cooper, obviously. You already paid Ezekiel Elliott. Good luck, Cowboys. Good luck, Jerry Jones. Good luck to your fans. We'll take a break here. When we come back, we wrap up the program. I want to get into the other player that we thought would win championships the second half of the year. That was David Montgomery. We'll get into Sunday Night Football in a moment. I'll uh, we'll also try to, you know, anything else. Mike Boone, baby! Mike Boone! Big game tonight. The coach, can he come through? Figure it out next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. Uh, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Dow of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Dow of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. They ran sucks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. 
winner, winner, chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball. But he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Three questions, three minutes. That is it. Question number one, Frank, you ready? Let's go. All right, let's do it. You said Miles Sanders is a borderline first-round pick next year with the Philadelphia Eagles. It was him and David Montgomery in the same range this year. Where's David Montgomery go next year? I think David Montgomery will drop down a few rounds heading into next year, assuming that the Bears don't add someone, because I don't think that they will. They invested in an early-round pick on Montgomery this year. He was a third-round draft pick in the NFL draft. I think he drops down to the... Sixth, seventh round range. He'll be an RB3 that you draft, a flex running back that you draft, and I think that's fair value for him. I'm interested at that price, for yeah. the record. I am interested in that price. Tina still wants to run the ball. David Montgomery, a year older, I think he could be better. Question number two, it also involves a running back, and that's in Denver. Phil Lindsay rushed for 100 yards yesterday and a touchdown, 19 carries. Royce Freeman also had a touchdown, but he just had just nine carries and 28 yards. Philip uh, Lindsay, if he gets about 42 yards uh, next week, will have over 1,000 yards rushing, and he will have seven touchdowns on the ground as of now. Frank. Where's Phil Lindsay go next year? Question number two. I think he goes similar to this year's value. I think he's a fourth, fifth round pick. I think I like he'll it. go ahead of David Montgomery. He'll be on that fringe as a low end RB two or, or an RB that you target if you go zero RB in your drafts and you draft you know wide receivers and tight ends early uh, and then you want to attack those running backs in the middle rounds. I think Lindsay will be one of those options. I think he's he, he's a lower end RB two goes in a similar range as he did coming into this year. Question number three, the Cleveland Browns fell to the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, both got the job done, as I stated. Nick Chubb, 15 carries, 45 yards. He really let you down, as I mentioned. But the question that I have isn't regarding the running backs. It's the wide receivers. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. Odell had a touchdown, but it was only 4 for 44. Jarvis, 7 for 74 on eight targets. Which wide receiver on the Browns would you rather have next year? Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham, assuming they're both in Cleveland? Assuming they are both in Cleveland, I will, I'll still go back to Odell Beckham. I think he's the more talented player. I think he's been playing through some stuff this year. He's playing through injury. Yeah, stuff up here. Yeah, uh, physically and mentally when it comes to Odell Beckham, but I still do think he's more talented. And it's not a knock on Landry. I think Landry's a good player, but I will lean with Odell Beckham. He probably goes in that second, third round range. Bonus question. How many points does Mike Boone get tonight? Mike Boone in a full point PPR will put up 14.6. Frank's off tomorrow, so we'll all, I will be here to do it again. We, we hope. hope.